Welcome back to Cargumentative, a Times Live podcast on which we chat about all things cars and motoring. I am your host, as usual, Thomas Faulkner from the Sunday Times. And today I am joined by Dennis Drother, editor of Business Day Motor News. And of course, young Brenwin Naidu, editor of Sowetan Motoring and also Dabbles in Sunday Times. Gentlemen, how are you all? Hello, Thomas. Great, thanks. Good to be hey, back. Thomas, thank you for having us in the virtual studio again and happy to be back. Again, listeners, this is the virtual studio uh, because of uh, COVID-19 and lockdown, etc., etc. So, um, you know, if the audio quality is not um, sort of BBC studio grade, bear with us. We're doing the best that we can. Onwards, guys, let's chat a little bit about news because that's what we do in this part of the show. Dennis, what's been happening? The BMW M2 has recently been launched in the CS version. And this is the car that quite a few people consider to be the, the best M car. And it's been confirmed that 28 units are coming to South Africa, but uh, there's about 200 people at least that are interested in buying it. So that math doesn't quite work. So what BMW is doing is it's running an auction later this year. And uh, yeah, so 28 lucky people will get to pay. We don't know how much for the car because I think that the way it's going to work is that it goes to the highest bidder. So it'll be quite an interesting one. It's a novel idea. That's a very novel idea. In fact, I'd like to be at that auction. Um, I can imagine it would be something of a bun fight with a lot of uh, well-moneyed people shouting ridiculous amounts of odds and money um, in the attempt to get one of these cars. And ballpark pricing, I mean, is there any idea what they what they might be? Well, the standard M2 competition retails locally for just over a million rand. And in Europe, this M2CS is going for about 1.8 million rand converted from euros. So, so it's pretty steep. And and who knows what it's going to go under the hammer for in South Africa. And it's also interesting to see what will happen down the line with resale values. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can remember a couple of years ago when uh, the first, um, the one the BMW 1M came out. Um, you saw a whole bunch of those cars being bought new and then sold secondhand for crazy amounts of money. Um, so that may well happen with these as well. People might get them. Um, and then put them on the second-hand market and try and make a, um, a profit, you know, because yeah, it's supply and demand. Well, certainly exclusivity is guaranteed because there's only 28 of them coming to South Africa. Exactly. Well, all I can tell you is that I was auctioned by the prefects in high school and nobody bid on me at all. So <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the BMW will have uh, a lot more people behind it. Um, Brenwin. What can you tell yes. us? Um, what's newsworthy on your radar? Well, provincial government officials paid a visit to the Nissan plant in Roslindswane this week to inspect the COVID-19 prevention measures undertaken by the J- Japanese firm as it uh, restarts its operations. Now, in addition to Gauteng Premier David Makura, the session was attended by the MEC of Health, Vandile uh, Masuku, MEC for Education, Panyaza Lesufi, and MEC for Economic Development, Agriculture and Environment, Morakane Osupia. The protocols instituted by Nissan include uh, minimum 
personal contact, of course, strict hygiene rules, and new setups for common areas like canteens that enforce social distancing. Now, Nissan is uh, not the only car maker pursuing these different methods of organization in their factories. Car makers around the world are working to acclimatize to this new normal in terms of production practices. Um, it will be interesting to see how this will affect outputs, but I think we can all agree that it is encouraging that the wheels are beginning to turn again. Indeed, the wheels are turning. Uh, you can see all over the world, you know, factories are opening, manufacturing mm-hmm. is starting over again, and, um, you know, closer to home, the dealers have, have opened up um, for um, for people to come and buy, buy new cars and secondhand cars. So, yeah, it is encouraging. Paige is saying we've got five minutes left of news, so let me chat about um, Volvo. Um, I don't know if you guys saw yesterday that Volvo is now, they've announced that all new cars um, will be sold with a 180 kilometer an hour speed limit. Um, and that is that comes from a, a promise they made last year to, to make driving safer and to do their bit to reduce fatalities on the road. So if you enjoy speeding, a new Volvo may not be the car for you. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, Dennis. Yeah, it's certainly a controversial decision um, because, you know, there is a school of thought that uh, it's not speed that kills, but it's uh, it's reckless driving at, at whatever velocity you happen to be doing. But, you know, Volvo has made this decision and Volvo has always been at the forefront of safety. And I think, you know, so many car manufacturers are, are doing the same thing nowadays. I suppose Volvo wanted to do something that stands out. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch with interest to see how this works out for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's not, I mean, it is a, it's a highly controversial uh, thing, I think. Uh, and a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to consider that now because I can't, I can't go onto the highway and do 240 or 250 Ks an hour. But I mean, if you think about it, how often, do you get to 160, let, let alone 180? Um, so, you know, controversial, yes, but I actually don't think it's going to limit uh, the enjoyment of your vehicle that much. Um, you know, I think getting from zero to 100 and from 100 to 100, 280 is actually more fun. Um, but we'll see what happens. That's a, that's a pretty interesting one. And then um, Porsche unveiled a new a new uh, 992 which is the current generation 911 they've got a they they release on Monday their new Targer which looks lovely and it's it's kind of like a a convertible for people who don't like convertibles because with the top up it looks like a coupe um, and drives quite a lot like a coupe but then you can also store the roof behind the rear glass section and you've got uh, quite a nice you know, sort of uh, cabriolet um, body style, so you can have some wind in your hair motoring. Um, don't know if you guys saw that, but I think it's quite a nice-looking car. Yeah, I, I think it looks quite stunning. I must say, at first I thought, what, what really is the point? Because you've already got the 911 Coupe and the 911 Cabriolet. The Targa kind of seems like a bit wishy-washy, neither here nor there. But... Uh, when I saw it, especially in profile, I, I do get it in, in terms of the styling. It, it really is a sexy vehicle. Mm. 
It is. Brenwin, what do you think about that car? Well, Thomas, I definitely agree with Dennis. Uh, it is a rather attractive car from the pictures any, anyway. Um, and I think that Targa nameplate in itself is just steeped in history. Uh, I really admire the electronic folding roof operation of, of the car. I remember the boss of Porsche SA, Toby Fenter, gave us a demo on the old, uh, the previous Targa at the dealership in Cape Town last year. We were all spellbound and thinking of ways uh, that would enable us to buy ones of our own. Which is of course impossible to necessary, but anyway. Yeah, true. Look, I mean, it, it is a it's a great car, and I think you know I would take one of those over a cabriolet. It just it because it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. You know, you're getting that coupe uh, profile and silhouette with with the novelty factor of uh, of a cabriolet. Um, mm. Guys, that's a wrap for news. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with you guys in a moment. Welcome back to Cargumentative. Now, as you guys all know, we are living in testing times with uh, COVID-19, and it's been wreaking havoc on, you know, everything from economies to salaries to job security, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this, this is going to make a lot of people um, step back and take a look at their lifestyles and take a look at how they're spending money. And um, one of those things um, that'll be part of that is um, motoring, you know, and um, a lot of people will no longer be able to afford the cars that they're paying off at the moment. Or maybe if the car is paid off, they would like to get something smaller and more affordable to fuel and more affordable to insure um, so that they can enjoy um, a style of life that they had before this, this, this crisis. So... In this segment, we're going to be looking at buying down, and we're going to look at various cars in various popular segments. So, as we all know, the SUV is uh, probably one of the most popular cars on the on the market today. And Dennis, uh, we're going to chat to you about uh, some some um, SUV entries that uh, people could look at. Yeah, as you say, this is a very popular market segment at the moment. So I've taken a selection of SUVs that retail for under 400,000 Rand. So for some people that might not be buying down, but uh, for others it might be if they're coming from the likes of Fortuners, etc. So let's get started. Uh, obviously, the VW T-Cross has become a very popular seller that uh, came onto the market recently with a starting price of 353,000 Rand. And you have to say a Polo-based crossover is a winning formula for certain. And uh, it's a good-sized boot. It's got funky styling, great safety. And it's a small SUV with a grown-up feel. And it's also got a zippy one-liter turbo engine. My, my one sort of dislike is it's got a somewhat plasticky interior. But other than that, it seems like a very good deal. And the market certainly responded to it. Um, Mazda CX-3. That's another one I'd recommend. It's got a starting price of 322,000 Rand, which is a very good price for, for a two-liter engine, which, which has got more power than most rivals uh, in its segment. And it's, uh, and it's a bit larger and more powerful than, than the aforementioned VW T-Cross for slightly less money. Uh, another vehicle I really enjoyed driving recently was a Suzuki Vitara 1.4 Turbo. That sells for 387,000. 
Uh, and I, I just find it a winning combination of uh, perky performance, practical space and smart design, great safety. And that, that new turbo engine has really given it some Vuma. Uh, of course, the leader in this market segment has been the Ford EcoSport. And I'm going to move into cars or SUVs that are just under 300,000 Rand. So the EcoSport starts at 290,000 Rand, which is a great price. And it's got a gutsy turbo diesel engine with lots of torque and great fuel consumption. It's still the best seller in the segment and, and with, the, with the value for money package like that, I think it's well deserved. Then for another sub 300,000 Rand SUV, Renault Duster. This is one of the bargains of the market segment. Uh, the second generation Duster is a more sophisticated and refined car than its very budget focused predecessor and the price really is right. And then finally, I just want to mention the Haval H2. Also comes in at just under 300,000 Rand. And it's, it's brought Chinese vehicles a long way forward. It's got safety, decent build quality, attractive value for money. And it's broken down the barriers that previously kept South African consumers from buying Chinese vehicles in significant numbers. And last year, the H2 was South African's second best-selling compact SUV. So the market is responding to it. So that was that was it in a nutshell for me. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, I haven't driven that Haval, but I've heard great things about it. Um, and some of your other choices, I mean, I've got to say that I was I was impressed with that T-Cross. And as you said, you know, it is based on a, on a VW Polo. Um, and it's just, um, it, it looks good. It's got the, it's got that brand status behind it, which South Africans uh, tend to go for and a really nice capable performance. So yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you spec it, if you spec it carefully, I think, I think the comfort line is just under 360, as you mentioned. Um, that's that's a really competitive car. Um, also, the Duster as well uh, had that on test. I think it was last year, and was just um, amazed at how far it's it's come from when it first came to market. You know, it's it, it feels a lot more polished and grown up. It's got that great diesel engine, so it's it's uh, in terms of gas mileage, it's uh, it's a, a winner. Um, sedans. Maybe not as popular as they used to be, um, but you know people are still buying them. Brenwin. Yeah, well, Thomas, I'm going to latch onto that word you used about two or three sentences ago. You said you were amazed, and coincidentally, the car I've been driving over the last uh, two or three days is the Honda Amaze. Um, probably something of a misnomer when you look at it. It is a really frumpy, compact three-box sedan, but great value once you start to uh, scrutinize it a little, a little more closely. Um, I've got the 1.2 Comfort manual version, comes in at 214,000 rand. You can get the, the slightly lesser equipped Trend for around 197,000 rand, and it really feels like a well put together, solid little car. Um, Got a 1.2 liter engine, 66 kilowatts, 110 meters, 5-speed manual. Uh, stay away from the CVT. It's a lot more expensive. And, of course, I mean, we all know the downsides of those, those CVT gearboxes. Uh, I drove it on the freeway. It feels really good. Of course, it's going to be extremely economical. And being a Honda, you just know it's going to it's gonna last way beyond the average lease term. 
So a, a great car there if all you want, A to B mobility, no fuss, no issues. I think the Honda Amaze is, is a fantastic little car. And then moving on to something uh, a little more, well, I don't want to use the word premium, but shall we say aspirational premium is the new Toyota Corolla sedan. It's a booted version of the rather striking hatchback version that was launched at the beginning of 2019. Um, pretty much the same as that, except you can't have a 1.2-liter turbocharged derivative, as you can. That's slightly disappointing because it is a great engine. Pricing starts at about 380,200 rand, um, which, thinking about it, is a lot. I mean, especially mindful of, of the fact that you can get a full brace of SUVs that, that Dennis made um, or considerably less. So no mystery as to why SUVs and crossovers outsell the sedan counterparts. But if you are a sedan head, then I think the new Corolla is worth a look. Now onto something a little more premium, the uh, 2 Series BMW 2 Series Grand Coupe that was announced at the end of March. Um, it is the entry point, if you want, a three-box BMW. Costs starts at about 515,000 Rand. is a lot of money, but then let's be mindful um, that a new 3 Series these days starts way in excess of the 600,000 mark. So if you're driving a 3 Series and you want, you know, you still want all those BMW hallmarks, more or less, because of the, the new 2 Series is front-wheel drive, it's something worth considering. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I mean, going back to that Corolla, um, you know, I'm a bit of a Toyota fanboy, but that new Corolla does look, it does look good. Um, and they've come a long way from the drab and boring, you know, uh, fleet vehicles that they used to be. Um, and it, it is a bit disappointing that you can't get that 1.2 liter turbo engine in it, uh, like you get in the hatch. Cause that, that was a fantastic engine. Uh, I drove that hatch last year or the year before, and it just, it just made that car so nice and drivable, you know? Um, yeah, that Corolla, you haven't driven it. Hey, Dennis. I haven't driven the new Corolla, no. I, uh, I've driven the hatchback version with that 1.2 turbo engine you mentioned. I really enjoyed that. As you say, they, they've come a long way in terms of of aspirational value in particular because they've kept uh, the Corolla Quest behind as the sort of Uber car. And now the, the new generation Corolla sedan and the hatchback, they, they have that more aspirational value and, and the styling and particularly inside, I'm really impressed with what they've achieved on the inside uh, fit and finish. Yeah, same. It's 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 clean and well laid out, and it's got the features you want, like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, impressed with Toyota's managed to do there. Um, moving from sedans, I'm going to be chatting about some uh, some sort of smaller, more affordable hatchbacks. Um, I like these cars. They're simple. They're fun. They're no nonsense, um, you know. And cars like the Volkswagen Up, to me, um, have always made a lot of sense for somebody who's looking to buy down. I mean, you could be driving an A3 or a One Series or or even a Golf, um, and you just think, you know, listen, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't do these repayments anymore, or I just want something that's a little bit newer a little bit cheaper. And that's where something like the Volkswagen Crossup comes in, 214,900 Rand. Um, and it, it, it really is 
a lovely car. It feels premium. It feels like it's from a class above. Um, it may not be the most powerful thing out there, but you get really good fuel consumption. Um, I mean, I've had them on test before and averaged like low fours easily. Um, so in terms of um, value for money, in terms of fuel um, and mileage you get per tank, the app takes some serious beating. Um, then, of course, there's the Picanto, what used to be the choice of pensioners all over the world. Um, that car has actually evolved into something that looks it looks good. You know, it's, it's like slightly edgy, um, and it's it's even dare I say a little bit masculine. I mean, it's, it's a car that that a guy could could happily drive and not feel you know embarrassed about it. Um, I know I didn't when I had one on test um, about a year or two ago. And you can get something like the 1.2 Smart, which is 225,000 Ks, comes loaded with everything. Um, you know, I mean, you've got uh, partial leather, you've got reverse cameras, you've got Bluetooth, um, Apple CarPlay. Um, and it's got a good 1.2 liter four-cylinder engine uh, that's n nice and nippy around town, yet still has the legs to do a, a longer drive. I remember you could cruise at like 140 at about. 3,800 RPM, which is really good for such a small car. Um, so the Picanto and the App are definitely there, definitely worth considering. And then, uh, Dennis, you mentioned uh, earlier on off air that uh, Hyundai is having some some specials on their i20 and i10. Um, we're not trying to punt Hyundai here. We just, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see that they've identified this this obvious uh, buying downtrend that's happening now so if you went for something like a grand i10 also a good little car or the i20 uh, you can get between uh, 15,000 and 20,000 rand cash back which is uh, i guess that's quite appealing um, you know if you if you on the market yeah i think this is what buyers will be looking for as they sort of gradually go back to the dealerships uh, after lockdown because uh, you know people are always uh, in the mood for a bargain and these cashback deals certainly are something to look out for yeah they are um, I mean I suppose they're a bit deceptive in a way you know uh, but it is kind of quite nice to go into a dealership and then get some some money back it makes you feel better about yourself I suppose and a little bit less of uh, um a little bit less buyer's remorse the day after, knowing that your, your bank account is primed. Yeah, um, indeed. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys want to add anything. No, sir, I just wanted to add uh, regarding the uh, VW app is mm. that uh, one caveat is, is that it's going to be shortly be discontinued in South Africa. They, they are not bringing in the facelifted version. So people might want to, if they do want to get one, then get one soon. Or And if you do want to get one, also consider that Potentially, it, it might affect its resale value, the fact that the car is being discontinued. I wasn't aware of that, but that's a shame. Um, it's such a good car. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's long been my favorite small car. Um, I, I, you know, I just think Volkswagen did a, an outstanding job on that car, just in terms of its engineering and the way it drives. Um, so a bit, a bit sorry to hear about that, actually. Yeah, no, I, I just want to agree with you on, on, the, on the, the VW up there. Fantastic little car. And having spent a lot of time, or rather spending a lot of time on Auto Trader these days, I noticed that there's a fair number of them, a fair number of them still in circulation. I think it was around 300 the last time I searched, which was 
two days ago. So definitely worth considering. And, and I think I'd get one of those uh, yellow turmeric colored ones. Yeah, I like that color. Really stands out, really pops. And they had all kinds of, I mean, you could get a club up and a, a color up and an upbeats and um, all kinds of special additions. So yeah, if you're keen to downsize a small premium feeling hatchback, that is, um, that's a really strong candidate. Guys, time for a break. We'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Cargumentative, the world's in chaos, as we all know. And um, apparently now is the time to go out and purchase a car, um, according to Dennis. Dennis, uh, I know we ran your story on Times Live today. Um, so maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit more about it and uh, what the premise is behind that. Well, the message is that if you were thinking of buying a new car, now that dealers have reopened their doors, it's better to do it sooner than later as prices are set to spike. Now, I did a poll around the motor industry and almost everybody is expecting prices to rise. And this is because the rand has plummeted in value since the beginning of the year. It's down nearly 25% against the dollar, 18% against the pound, 22% against the euro. So these are big numbers and it's going to translate into more expensive cars. Now, BMW, for instance, is expecting to hike its prices by 9% across the board from June the 1st. So, so if you want to buy a BM, now is really the time to do it. Waste no time. Uh, Hyundai, for instance, is expecting double-digit price increases over the next few months. So it could be as much as 12%. So, yeah, these are really big jumps. And, and it doesn't come at a good time since... Uh, people tend to be more catch-strapped due to the lockdown and the negative way it's hit the economy. Yeah, it's not good at all. So, I mean, basically, um, you're saying that now is the time to go out and get a new car. Um, what about second-hand cars and, and um, the second-hand market? Uh, do you think there are some deals to be had now? Uh, do you think consumers will be able to haggle more um, on cars for sale and maybe get a um, you know, better deal? I think I think you're probably right there. They can because dealers have been closed so long. They they're just desperate to move stock. So I think you definitely have some haggling power. Um, I I contacted a crowd called True Price, and they go from auction to auction, and they figure out what vehicles are selling for. And I thought that because cars lose most of the initial value. Uh, once once they move over the showroom floor. So a new car, as soon as it's sold, it goes through its initial big devaluation. So I was true price to list 10 cars that have the worst resale value after one year. So if you're looking for a good second-hand car bargain, this is probably where you might want to look. Uh, so for instance, let me just list them. Nissan Micra has 61% of its uh new resale value, Nissan Almera 62, and Audi A4 64%, and Nissan Navara 65%, and Audi A5 uh, 66.8%, a Hyundai Accent 68.9%, and a Mahindra Pickup 69.1%. So, um, like I said, th those vehicles lose most of their value as 
as you drive them out of the showroom floor initially. So so once you've bought them uh, as a one-year-old second-hand car or demo model or whatever, then they've gone through that big devaluation. So so people looking for bargains might want to look at those vehicles I mentioned uh, because when it comes time to real sell them, they won't necessarily have gone through that secondary dev- devaluation, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so, okay. Wow, I mean, those are some some pretty steep figures, huh? especially on that uh, Almera and Micra. I mean, that's uh, that's not great if you've just bought one, is it? Uh, hold on to what you've got. Um, probably the best thing to do if if you if you can't afford it, maybe buy down like we we discussed earlier on in the show. And um, if you were thinking about getting a car and are, are unsure about you know salaries and salary cuts, then then maybe err on the side of caution and don't uh, don't get signed into anything that um, you know has the potential to upset your financial apple cart down the road. Guys, um, the time has flown by as usual. Producer Paige is uh, waving her hands wildly at me on Skype, and uh, we're going to have to wrap it up there. But uh, thanks, Dennis and Brendan, for joining me. Good to you guys. Uh, yeah, good to have you guys back on the show. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Tom. you know, great chatting yeah. again. It was indeed. It was indeed. It's nice to talk to uh, other people, except myself. It's a, it's a, it's a novelty. Um, <laughs> And hopefully we'll do it all again next week on another episode of Cargumentative. Until then, guys, keep safe, uh, stay at home, and don't do anything that we wouldn't do.